Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Forty days after Jesus' birth, his blessed mother and Joseph took him to the temple in accordance with the law. And they're met there by the ancient and righteous Simeon. Simeon, who God had promised would see the Messiah before he died. And Simeon came there, prompted by the Holy Spirit, and he met the Holy Family in the entrance of the temple. And when he approached them, he reached out and he took the Holy Child in his arms. And he held him up and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. New birth, children, we love children. We've got a whole new batch coming along here right now in our community, thanks be to God. There is great joy at new birth. A child has come into the world and supreme joy surrounded this particular holy child's coming into the world. I mean, it required an angelic host to come and make the announcement it was so joyous. Our blessed mother and Joseph, they came into the temple in joy, a state of joy at the birth of this holy child. But immediately after Simeon's declaration that this child is the salvation of God for the whole world, he then turns to Mary and Joseph. And perhaps, it doesn't say, but perhaps as he hands Jesus back to his mother, as she takes him back into her arms, Simeon blessed them. And he said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the hearts of many may be revealed. These words of Simeon are the basis for today's feast, the seven sorrows of our blessed mother. And all the various devotions of which there are many surrounding the sorrows of the mother of God. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. There happens to be a long history of prayerful devotions and even iconography depicting the theme of this feast, the sorrows, the compassion which our blessed mother had for her son, her savior in his suffering. Perhaps you've seen the depiction of Mary with the seven swords piercing her heart. This is an icon that exists both in the East and in the West. There are, in fact, two Russian icons of the Sorrowful Mother, which are wonder-working icons, miracle-working icons. They were discovered. They're called the Our Lady Who Softens Evil Hearts, and they're commemorated on the Eastern calendar both in this feast of the meeting where 
the Blessed Virgin meets Simeon, and also on the Feast of All Saints. In the 17th century, a wonderful saint of the Russian church, Saint Dmitri Rostov, who's much loved, he had a revelation, had a personal revelation of the sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in response to this revelation, he composed prayers. He composed a devotional set of prayers that would help the faithful to embrace the sorrowful compassion the mother of God felt for her son. This prayer rule also happened to be included in one of the most popular Eastern Orthodox prayer books. Our Lord's passion, his suffering and sorrow, he was a man acquainted with grief. This is a manifestation of his love for us. It means that he has come alongside us. He has entered into our suffering, our very enslavement and hopelessness, and he's filled it with his presence, with his love and his power and his light at great cost to himself. He had to identify with us in our suffering. He had to take it upon himself in such a radical way that St. Paul says he became sin for us. Again, this embrace of us in our grief, his embrace of us in our grief, is his embrace of our grief. This is his love for us. He first loved us in this way so that we might be able to love him in the same way. The power of his loving embrace is released in us when we likewise embrace his passion, his sorrow, his suffering, and his grief, just as he did ours. He enters our grief so that we might enter Gethsemane and pray there with him, so that we might stand with our blessed mother and the apostle John at the foot of the cross and die with him. This is how we also shall live with him. When we embrace his grief and passion, then we will be lifted up on high and know the joy of his immortality. Today the versicle in response before the antiphon in our in matins this morning expresses it beautifully when it says, O Virgin Mary, by thy sorrows might Make us rejoice in heaven's kingdom bright. Well, this is Orthodox Christianity 101. What is also Orthodox Christianity 101 is that we do this, we identify with the passion of our Lord as a body, as a community, together. We are mutual intercessors and mediators one for another in the spirit of Jesus Christ helping one another vicariously along the way as we embrace this sorrowful compassion and identify with our Lord's suffering, which in fact fills us with hope and joy. What is also Orthodox Christianity 101 is that among us there are some who stand out in this endeavor. Those are the saints. And among the saints there is one who stands out and exemplifies the embrace of Jesus' suffering and joyful sorrow 
and that, of course, is his blessed mother. Today, the name of the feast references seven particular sorrows of the Blessed Virgin. These seven stand for a whole life where she entered in through compassion and love of her son with his grief and suffering. The first is the prophecy of Simeon, where he says a sword will pierce your soul. And this word spoken to her in her moment of joy. She's filled with grace, the scriptures say. She's filled with grace and the Holy Spirit. And at these words, she must have felt deep within her the coming sorrow. The second of her sorrows is their flight into Egypt. The Holy Family fled in exile. They were driven out of their homeland. They were cursed and driven out into exile. And if you think about it, from the very moment of her conception, without a man, she was in exile in this world because she had embraced the one the world hated and would crucify. The third of her sorrows is depicted in the loss of the child in the temple in Jerusalem when he's 12, when she was lost from him. You know, she needed a savior just as all lost humanity needs the savior. She too, as close as she was to Jesus and as much as she loved and embraced him, she too, in her need for the savior, was also separate from him in her mortality. And she too knew the pain of that loss that we all share. Fourth is the Blessed Mother's meeting of her son on the Via Doloroso, his way of suffering. This is not mentioned, of course, in the New Testament, but according to tradition, Mary met her beaten and bloody son on his way to the cross. Fifth, the crucifixion of Jesus at Calvary. Beside the icon with the seven swords, this is probably the dominant iconographic image of this theme of Mary's sorrow. The Blessed Mother standing at the foot of the cross, adoring her son, who is her savior and her God. Sixth, the piercing of the side of Jesus and his descent down from the cross when she takes him into her arms. Joseph of Arimathea brings him down and she embraces him, which is depicted in the Pieta, which many of us have seen both in sculpture and in painting. When I went to Rome for the first time over 30 years ago, I'll never forget when I walked into uh, 30 years later, it's hard not to get emotional about this event in my life. I had uh, wanted to go strictly to, perhaps more than anything else, to see this one particular thing. And uh, St. Peter's there in Rome, crowds and thousands of people around and hundreds of people crowding around. And I walked in, and when you look to the right, it's quite a ways away, but over on the right is Michelangelo's Pietà. And... I just stood there. I didn't even walk up to it. I just began to weep just seeing this. And there were just people milling around all over the place, and I couldn't hardly move out of my spot, just weeping, seeing our Blessed Mother holding the body of her dead 
and lifeless son. Seventh, her sorrow is at the burial of Jesus. The dead body of her son was shut up into a cave, a large stone rolled over the entrance, shutting him up in darkness and coldness and isolation and death where he seemed to be, for the moment, cut off and gone. The anguish, the loss, the absolute separation and aloneness from life himself. She knew, she knew who he was, and the hope of the resurrection was not lost on her, but she entered there in that moment into the grief of that moment deep within herself, and she embraced that for all of us. So those are the seven sorrows that are emphasized in this feast. Going back to the prophecy of Simeon, the church recognizes something very special and particular in our mother's sorrowful compassion for Jesus that stretches out into her life. It's something that is forming deep within her. It's integral to her love for Jesus, to her love for God, to her love for us, is her embrace of our Lord's passion. It is her deep love for Christ, her total identification with Him, the gift of herself to Him in response to His gift of Himself to us. She shows us the way. So often, we lack compassion so often we lack compassion. Our hearts are so often too callous to the suffering of others. We are so preoccupied with ourselves. We live within ourselves. Our desires are for ourselves. Our grief is for ourselves. We do not know how to go out of ourselves toward the other, to give ourselves, to waste ourselves on another with compassion, to be poured out, to be poured out like an offering, just to be emptied out, poured out. We fear, we think we'll lose ourselves if we're poured out, if we do this. But the truth is, is that we will lose ourselves if we do not do this. Our self-focus, our self-preservation, our myopic interior, Ego will only turn us into hollow, vacuous shells. And that's in fact what we have all around us. People who have no sense of meaning outside of themselves, no zeal for anything, no passion, no richness, because they spent everything they have on themselves, trying to obtain these very things, instead of embracing, entering into the compassion of our Lord for all else. On this feast of our Blessed Mother, who shows us how to enter into the passion of our Lord, may we also embrace that passion. And from there, have the ability to love and have compassion on our neighbor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.